All right, so today's session is about communication and conflict. But I want to start with passion. So, what, what is passion? When you think of passion, what do you think of? Passion in marriage or just in general? Okay, look at your hand out and look at James 4 1. And then let's work on the question. Okay. Okay. Did you read it, Jill? The verse? James 4 1. You, did you no, look at James 4 1? I'm sorry. I was looking at it up. Yeah, it's right there. No, just okay. what is passion? Passion. Desires. What's not good about passion? You can get it right from reading in the verse. Fights. Yeah. Why would it be? Why would it cause quarrels and fights? You watch them really bad. Yeah, they conflict. <laughs> I'm just gonna throw that word out there. Blinded. You can become blinded by your passion. Okay, so one of the things that uh, I guess three of the things we need to acknowledge going into this lesson and taking things in is at the start of the video notes, conflict is common to all marriages. So if you feel like you're in a conflicted relationship, you're not alone. And the goal to overcome that is not to be conflict-free, but learn how to handle conflict correctly when it occurs. My goal is always to be conflict-free, so it's an important lesson for me. You're staying late. And what's, what's our third? That healthy conflict resolution occurs when couples are willing to seek and grant forgiveness. Now, in other contexts where you are trying to overcome conflict with, say, a friend or another relative or a co worker, um, 
sometimes it's really difficult to be on the same page because you have separate agendas. But part of what we want to catch in this lesson is we have a common agenda as a couple, and that's to achieve oneness. And it doesn't happen like that. It happens over a lifetime. So, um, I'm going to pass around the football and just take us back to session one so that you know how to receive and hold fast to your spouse. So you can practice and then you can pass it over to Stanley. <laughs> Tuck it in there. It's not like holding a baby. You hold it fast. Um, good job, Stanley. All right, we'll start the video and then... Uh, Discuss. What are some strong impressions that you got from watching this video? What, what's on your mind? Something that that they address anger and trying to to set those priorities to say what uh, what's worth fighting over because there's so many things we could fight over uh, is the video kind of presents it as a personal thing you know you need to decide if it's worth fighting over but I think sometimes sometimes we have to sort that out as a team we have to figure out reach an agreement. Is this really where we want to put our energy? Yeah, I would add on to that, that for me what became clear was if this is if I'm angry because things offend me, it's just Jill's agenda and her opinion, then it's then that's when it's wrong. It has nothing to do with what God is saying about reality. It's just what Jill thinks the way like the towel on the floor thing. You know, it's just to be mad about stuff that's your agenda. That's the category we're to set aside. We're to each learn how to not take offense at these nonsense things. And instead, to work on the issues that really are hurting our, our oneness, our ability to function as a family, to work on those important things that you don't fight about the little offenses that became clear to me. Early in the uh, video, uh, the statement was made that anger pushes away. We get angry, and then that that creates that space. Um, 
And so uh, I, I think I, I, I feel like we just need to have that put in front of us again. <coughs> the goal, because we're married couples, the goal is to help each other grow. The goal isn't just to stay together, uh, get through the hard times. The uh, goal isn't for somebody to have control, but the goal is to help each other grow. And uh, that's, that's what I liked about Bodhi's talks when he had his moments, because he's, he's pretty frank. He said, don't say I'll never do it again, because you probably will. <laughs> but ask for that forgiveness, and, and ask for prayer. And to me that speaks about vulnerability again, because um, if we're not working together, if it's the goal isn't to in, in, to grow in oneness, then um, the anger can stay and uh, doesn't get addressed. And um, and there, the, the communication just doesn't function the way it should. Now, I can't be all rosy and say that we can deal with anger and, and emotions. I mean, it's it's every day. And I guess one that one of the statements that caught me was when that first couple was sharing, and and the husband said that for him it was like constant confession and repentance, living in the now. And, and realizing you can't just address it once a day or once a week or once a month. It's constant confession. Uh, realizing that that's how we are as people. Um, any other thoughts about how the video spoke to you? A lot of times when you get together and you talk about something that you have differences with, it's uh, it becomes all about winning. <laughs> that I want to get my way, and uh, I want to show you that you're wrong. And uh, that's not the video says that's not the point of it. It's to come together and to agree upon uh, you know being one in the decision, whatever it is. And that's the that's how you need to hear your time together is to do that. It's safe to say that it's it's having an understanding that who the enemy is, and also have a clear understanding that's I think you even said this ahead before the argument starts of that the goal is not to win, but the constant under the goal is to come together and to to grow closer to God, you know, and just, uh, uh, if you're focused on winning, you can't do that. It's selfishness. It is selfishness, and I think it's so important to, to realize that that's not the goal, because it's in our nature. It's part of who we are. I want to be right. <laughs> and if the person closest to me in my life is telling me I'm not right, well, my, my golly, <laughs> We've got to, we've got to resolve this, and and so 
maybe it, it's okay to say there's another way to define what right is. Right is working towards helping each other out. And not right is who's going to win on this issue. Um, right is seeking to understand. On the back page of, on the back side of this page, uh, there's two columns, and, and it's talking about how to talk these things through. And, and there's the focus on side and the rather than. So focus on one issue because an argument can really blow up and it's tempting to bring in more things and pile it on. And what are we trying to do when we do that? We're trying to win and say, hey, I've got a bigger list than you do. Focus on one and solve the problem. Focus on the problem and not the person. Instead of, well, you, blah, 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 and I, blah, 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 it's the problem. Let's work on it. Focus on the behavior, not the character. I don't want to talk anymore about that. Focus on specifics and not generalities. The closer we can get to what specifically needs to be done, the closer we get to working it out. Focus on the facts and not, well, you always do this because you're just a selfish man. Just focus on the facts. I, I statements, this is saying, tell how you feel. Tell how you think about the situation. But don't speak for the other person. Let them respond and say how they feel. And uh, a big one, I think maybe the biggest one is to focus on understanding. Understanding, not just yourself, but understanding what is the other person's position. Because sometimes, well, probably for all of us, because we're not together 24-7, we think about these things, and then we come together, and each one of us may have our own rationale of what the situation is and what needs to be done. When we bring that into the discussion, we want to express that, but it's so important to hear the other side and to understand what that other perspective is. That's how, that's how we pull it together. Um, an example I can think of, because I hate to argue, uh, but I worked with another engineer. Um, and from time to time, we would talk about project issues. And he wanted to argue about it. And I didn't want to argue about it, but he made me do it. And the result was, a lot of times we'd come out of that discussion not doing what either one of us thought we should be doing. We came up with something better because we argued about it with an understanding of let's, let's figure this out. And here's how I see it here. So you said, let's do this. Let's try that, and we pulled it together. And I just saw the value of actually arguing constructively. Um, you can interrupt me anytime. I guess I want to address these things. Seeking forgiveness. Uh, I, I thought it was so important. Uh, 
when one of the pastors said, don't go in and say, if I've ever offended you, I'm sorry, would you please forgive me? Because, no, <laughs> you know what it is. The Spirit at least has given you a clue if your spouse has it. Be specific. Don't put in the if statements. I'm sorry. I know I hurt you. The Spirit convicts specifically. It does. It's not just, hey, you were wrong. It's displeasure. Yeah, you feel it. Say it. And so then confess that. And if we're seeking unconditional forgiveness, then it has to start with an unconditional confession. It's not, you made me get so upset that I hurt you and I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I did this and I'm sorry. And make it sincere and make it honest. Um, Ephesians 4.15 talks about speaking the truth with love. And uh, somewhere in this lesson, they broke that down to, excuse me, the truth. Speaking the truth is the facts. So express the facts. And the other part of that is... The other part of the discussion is not to get through the facts, but to work on the relationship. So, speaking the truth, solve the problem, talk about facts, and do it with love. Remember, you're growing the relationship. I appreciated uh, seeing that in this lesson. Um, finding forgiveness, seeking forgiveness. I know for me it's important that it's, yes, you need some time prayer and you need to live to God, you know. I can't let it go too long though, because I will gloss over or uh, be little when mm -hmm. I go, it's not bad, I don't need to do it. It's, once or twice that came up in the video too, Jeff, of, you know, don't let it pile up because it just gets worse. Uh, you've got more to wade through then when, when you do that. Uh, under this topic on the backside for seeking forgiveness, the fourth bullet point, expect, respond, uh, accept responsibility for the consequences. That might be the scariest thing of all because if you're saying you're sorry and you mean it, can't escape the fallout from whatever you did or whatever happened. It's still going to be there. And so um, that's why the other things are important ahead of that, to, to prayerfully consider what you should do. Because if, you, if you're going to apologize, then you need to understand that it's not magic. Doesn't mean, okay, well, let's go on. That's, that's not what's going to happen. So accept responsibility for your part. And then, uh, what can you do to change? 
Um, and then that last part was uh, granting forgiveness. And um, I, I don't know, I think that's a hard part too, because then it comes back on us. This person has come to me, and I'm the offended party, and they want my forgiveness. When am I going to be ready to, to forgive? Uh, in that group discussion, the one woman at the very beginning said, I'm not ready. I need some time to process this before I'm ready to forgive. Um, and I think that's just being honest. If we're angry, we're going to be angry for a little while. So... <sighs> <laughs> oh please, I thought it was. <laughs> You're right, it's not. A lot of people expect that though when the anger or hurt pops up again. What do I do with that? And that second bullet point, forgetting everything is not what forgiveness is about because we're people. We remember. We remember what hurts. We remember how we want to keep score because it gets back to wanting to win, and I don't know that we can ever make that go away. Um, so forgetting is, to express it in another way, is to set your spouse free from the consequences of, of this event. We don't have to forget, we're not expected to forget, but um, it's been addressed. Uh, forgiveness is not pretending that something did not happen. I mean, that's what we want to do. We want it to go away, so we'll dismiss it and say, well, you're fine, it's good, and uh, we can do it. And I guess that last bullet point is what you're saying, Mar Marla, is that it's not an automatic cure. Um, true forgiveness is, bullet point one, a choice to set your spouse free from the debt of the offense. Uh, any thoughts about that statement here? That forgiveness is a choice. That's a mature response. I think I'll be hearing that from both kids. It's true. But there's still a pain. There is pain. So, working through that, the, the way I see it, when you forgive someone, you're forgiving them of holding them responsible, but that you still have to work through the pain that was caused in that situation. Because it's still, even though, even though you've released them from responsibility, there's still this, this pain, this, this feeling of pain that you have, that you have to work through. And, and part of the forgiveness process is reestablishing the relationship that was broken as a part of that that uh, whatever sin that, that event that occurred, and reestablishing that trust that that was broken when that that sin originally occurred. You're right. I think it's a matter of choosing words, though, too, and I'm just, I'm going to say that. When we talk about responsibility, we're saying, I'm personally responsible for what I did. 
I can't blame you, I can't blame my parents, I can't blame my past, I can't blame what happened last week. I'm responsible for what I did that hurt. And so the responsibility stays with me when I confess. But um, when forgiveness is given, the debt for that responsibility is what we erase for our spouse. I'm not going to make, I'm not going to shame you, I'm not going to make you hang on to that guilt. Um, I'm going to forgive this thing. And you're right, it hurts. You can probably feel it go right out of you when, when you have to do that. Uh, true forgiveness is the first step toward a process of rebuilding trust. And it's in the back, an act of obedience to God. Now, I've had a couple people in my past, brothers in Christ, who pointed out to me, that's a command. Jesus said, you must forgive. You have to forgive me. And my response was, no, I don't. It's my choice. I can choose to disobey God's commandment because I don't have to forgive you. And one of these people deliberately, repeatedly attacked me and would put that in front of me. You have to forgive me. This is where we have to keep in front of us the goal. The goal is to grow the relationship. <coughs> and God's commands are not weapons. It's not something we take and, you know, I've got the, I've got the sword of the word and I'm going to smite you with it. That's not, that's not what that's about. So, we have to give each other some grace. And, and not hang that over the other person. Did I make that clear? Because that's really important to me, that we understand that. Because that takes us in another place, where we start pulling out what God has said and hang that on the other person. I think true... It's not loving. But if you're truly asking for forgiveness, mm -hmm. and uh, you say... Other thing you want to regret is like if you're truly asking for forgiveness, you're giving up your rights for what you did. Well said. And so then you don't so have you don't have the right to demand forgiveness from somebody else. You know, exactly. if you do, you're really not asking for forgiveness. Well, I think if you are truly repenting and you're asking forgiveness, that doesn't say I'm going to be perfect moving forward. Yeah. But there should be. Um, a change if it's been like a repeated offense, like the first couple with the man who struggled with his anger, yeah. which I can relate to. Um, and like if I would tell my spouse I'm sorry, but then I would keep repeating that, that would be like, no. Oh. <laughs> I'm guilty of that and still a little less now, but it's, I feel like if you're really asking for forgiveness, there's change. There's change. You know, if you repent, is a true definition of repentance. Stop and ask for forgiveness and turning around. I'm clinging to Jesus. Yeah. That's what it's like all the stuff of 
true forgiveness is it doesn't mean it doesn't happen or anything, but I do believe God can take things from you. And he can take the hurt from you too. And you choose to forgive and think and ask for forgiveness, it's both sides of it. He can take those things from you if you lean on and trust him. Not easy. Obviously imperfect, really perfect, but possible. I appreciate you sharing that. Um, and to have that perspective, uh, that's better said than the Alliance Quest. You're surrendering your rights when you confess. We have grandchildren we need to see this afternoon, mm -hmm. so Jill's got to go fetch them. Um, excuse me. So, in granting forgiveness, the steps, do it privately, work it out yourself. Make sure you've got that settled with God. And then go to your spouse and do it publicly. And what publicly doesn't mean here in front of the group, in front of everybody. It means you too. <laughs> you too work this out and, and, and say it. Uh, do it graciously. Uh, you're not hanging on to what happened. You're, yeah, you're showing... You're showing grace because you're the offended party. I liked the uh, the faith responsibility at towards the end there, the note that the husband read to his wife. Yeah. Uh, about not, and it wasn't anything about her. It was all about he was taking responsibility for the situation. He wasn't trying to say where the problem started or where you know any of that stuff. He was saying, "Here I am at this point." I have done these things or not done these things, whatever the situation was, and I'm asking you to forgive me. And and the the ultimate goal of the the letter I talked was for their relationship to be reestablished. Mm -hmm. It wasn't um, you know trying to make make things right or whatever because that it's in the past you can't do that. But but to bring about the beginning of the reestablishment of their relationship that had been broken. Yeah. And you know, of course that took time after that point of him that's kind of what I was speaking to before, you know, about how it took time for the, for her to to warm to him and for for them to reestablish the, the the love nature of their relationship that they had lost. Yeah. It did take time. Because he had to speak the truth that he had seen, that he had done this, that who knows how long he had emotionally beat on her, everything her fault. And then when he realized that, um, he had to say it. And yeah, it's, it wasn't, even though she said immediately, a lot of hurt went away, I kind of think. Yeah, immediately, maybe in a week or a couple weeks, it started to get better. But I'm, I'm sure there was some sense of relief because that would be such a change. And then do it generously. Give your forgiveness generously. And that's part of uh, 
the perspective of knowing we're sinners and we're married to sinners and um, there's got to be some give. I think, I, I think one thing that uh, stood out to me from the conference, if there was anything, very simply, was forgiveness can be is a one-person thing. That happens within you, but reconciliation takes two people to, for it to happen. I like that. I hadn't, I hadn't heard that or thought of it that way, but yeah. Um, Forgiveness is between you and God, not, and it has nothing to do with the other person. It's not a contract. You can forgive someone who has never apologized or been sorry for what they've done. Okay, uh, okay, so this uh, material comes up with date night ideas, and these are really crazy. But, um, okay, the first one is not really crazy. Think about a time when you had the most fun making up after an argument and try to find a way to reenact that. Um, bullet point two, take a six-week course of kickboxing lessons together. Jill and I actually joined a fencing team for a year. And I knew she was competitive, but it was so revealing. <laughs> I mean, when you're fencing, you know, you can thrust, and you also parry. Or, no, Jill was just... <laughs> you gave me a poker, I'm gonna poke. <laughs> but, yeah, we had a good time with that. So, anyway, just... Put yourself in a position, if you think it'll work, to do something that sets you against each other in a non-threatening way. I mean, we're wearing armor, so swords are not threatening. Although they draw bruises. Uh, okay, you can go romantic with the candles. Or have a water fight. That's something Jill and I have done before. Uh, last year, a couple of years, we really got into Nerf guns with our son Wesley. We would just have Nerf gun fights. Headshots were not allowed, but sometimes they happen because, you know, we can't aim that well. But it's such a release to, to just let things out. Um, and then there's some discussion uh, suggestions. I'd just like to know if, uh, if you have any points or any questions that uh, that you want to bring out. This has been a difficult lesson for me to address and uh, you all made it easier if I paid attention. So thank you. I think the biggest thing is that it's intentionality. You run on this is going to happen without being intentional. Mm -hmm. And if you say, I will get to it, and that's, uh, that's a big sin of mine. Is I let things go. Well, we're busy. Yeah. But yeah, there and has to be that time. Of it, you know. um, 
So there will be one more session, and uh, um, I think this other couple that presents that will choose the right topic and and uh, do do well. Um, I hope this has helped, and I hope that uh, you can retain it and build off of it. <laughs> I'm going to keep my football. <laughs> uh, well, um, I'd like to dismiss this with a prayer, and, and then uh, we can go out into our day and our week. Let's pray. <sighs> Heavenly Father, uh, to me, I have to say that this is uh, instructive that um, in, in my marriage having a new goal that uh, we're not just two separate people in, in a static situation we're not two separate people that are just growing but it's your intent that we help each other to grow and Father thank you for this opportunity for me to see that and to share it, I just ask that uh, you'll help each one of us here to hold that primarily in our dealings with each other and our relationships, that, uh, that the goal is for us to grow and get even better at being one. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.